Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Flick Everett, and I'm Yahoo's senior lifestyle editor. Welcome to the Life Edit podcast. Each episode, I'm joined by a different guest editor and we'll be discussing the top trending stories of the moment. So today, our guest is royal reporter Rebecca and she's going to tell us what's happening with the royals. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Flick. Thank you for coming. Today, we're going to talk about Kate and William and they are stepping up in the wake of Philip's death. Well, we had the Scotland tour. They've been all over the place. Everything Kate wears sells out. You know, they are huge at the moment. So, I mean, is this something that you've really noticed that Kate and William have really come out from the shadows, as it were, if they were ever in them, to take on a lot more royal duties. Um, I think that we've seen them really pick up more and more over the last few years, certainly since they um, moved down to London from Norfolk, since they decided to make Kensington Palace their full-time home um, a few years ago. I think we started to see the real increase there. But it is quite interesting, um, the the kind of the, the look right now, because, of course, Philip um, died and then COVID restrictions kind of started to ease at about the same time. So them coming back into public life and back to face-to-face -face engagements coincided with this huge royal moment. Um, but of course, Philip has been retired for several years. He did his last engagement in August, 2017. Um, he did a handful. He released a couple of statements during the pandemic. Um, he also, of course, did that really lovely um, handover of the Colonel in Chief of the Rifles um, to his daughter-in-law, to Camilla, um, where we got some really lovely sort of last pictures of him last summer. Um, but by and large, we weren't seeing him anymore. Um, but it, it is interesting that we're seeing a much stronger link in the last few days um, with William and his grandfather. He talked about um, how Scotland was really important to his grandmother and grandfather. He joined people um, who were working towards their Duke of Edinburgh Bronze Award in Edinburgh. The links are kind of clearer and clearer. Um, and I think there, there's an element that, um, that the legacy is something that he'll want to pick up on. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I mean, he must feel a lot of pressure because he is directly in line to the throne. All eyes are on him and his wife, Kate. You know, whatever they do is news. How do you think he's coping with that? Do you think he's sort of growing into the role? Because he was known to be quite shy as a teenager, wasn't he? He was sort of a little bit blushing and <laughs> resistant to being in the public eye. I mean, he seems much more confident now as a grown-up. Yes, definitely. Um, Kate has obviously worked some magic on him, I think. I think having uh, that element of a normal set of in-laws um the middletons are just quite a quite a middle class average family they they took him to the local pub you know when they were dating there's no airs and graces with the middletons um they've obviously treated him like a son very early on which i think is going to help give him some stability and then from that comes confidence but I think also the Queen and Charles have been really patient with him. They have allowed him to grow into the role. Um, he spent several years working, um, almost 
privately, you know, with, with the um, East Anglian Air Ambulance um, before he came down to take on royal duties. He's bit by bit picked things up. It's only been in the last um, few months that he's released and launched the Earthshot Prize, which I think is going to be one of his big legacy projects, similar to the Prince of Wales Trust, similar to the Duke of Edinburgh Award Scheme. So he's taken his time. Um, he knows what he wants to do. He knows what he wants to focus on. Um, and Charles and the Queen have been supportive and it seems like they haven't overly pushed. They've let him make those decisions in his time. Yeah, I think that's really valid. And and what you say about Kate is spot on because I remember, you know, people always talk about the negative press that Meghan got. But I mean, Kate surely did just as badly for negative press when she started out, didn't she? Weighty Katie and all of Poor that. She, and she never said a word. She just kind of absorbed it all and carried on. And now she's a national treasure. You know, I mean, do you think that is really the way to go as a royal wife? You know, just just put up and shut up until you get your moment in the sun. Um, I think she did that. And I think it worked. Whether that means it should be the template or not, I'm I'm not so sure on. Um, I think that we've heard of a couple of um, royal correspondents recently express almost regret at, at what's happened to Kate. But also, if you go even further back, Diana was really hounded. Um, Sarah Ferguson experienced some pretty tired times in the press too. And I, I think there's maybe a growing level of, oh, should we have backed off maybe a little bit? Um, I heard someone say something uh, remorseful recently and thought, okay, maybe we're getting somewhere. Yeah, that's, that's um, unusual, I, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Clearly that message must be cutting through at last. I mean, it is difficult because we're all so fascinated, you know, and as I say, they are this living soap opera almost. And so sometimes I think we sort of forget that they're actual people with feelings, you know, because when they do the job yeah. so professionally and they don't show what their emotions are, you kind of forget they're not just there for our entertainment almost, which is awful. So, yeah, I mean, it seems to me, at least, I don't know if you agree, that Kate and William are doing a lot to kind of take control of the narrative about them. They've started a new YouTube channel, haven't they, to kind of put out a lot more intimate content about their family life than anything we've seen before from that side of the family. Yes, the video that came out for their anniversary kind of around that time was, was really different, not like anything we've seen. Um, interestingly, when um, Harry and Meghan decided to step back, Kate and William actually poached their social media um, director and I wonder if he's had a bit of influence there if, if the tone and the style that he may have championed with Harry and Meghan and, and that that more personable approach is something that he's brought to Kate and William which is maybe why we're seeing these differences um, and it is interesting it's it's almost a bit strange that their YouTube channel has only just appeared because they've had a separate Twitter and Instagram for so long Part of you wonders, did someone just forget about YouTube? Poor old YouTube. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's interesting that they've decided, actually, we need we need a separate space away from the royal family. Maybe that does help them carve their own brand, their own image with a bit more definition rather than just lumping everything in under the wider umbrella saying, no, we're... We're William and Kate, we're a bit different. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of talk has been around their parenting style as well, because the little video they posted to YouTube that was hugely popular was, was kind of, it was like a sort of middle class advert for lifestyle almost, wasn't it? It was so sweet. You, you know, didn't know the what kids. they were selling you, did you? <laughs> <laughs> kids on the beach and around the campfire and tasting marshmallows and running in the garden and all of that, you know. And I'm sure there must be times that they get a bit cross with the three of them. But, you know, Kate is obviously someone who's very 
into parenting techniques, isn't she? She's done a lot with early years, I think. She has, yes. Um, so this is her big landmark project, which has been a bit delayed over the last year. I think it's really been impacted the progress on it by the COVID pandemic because she um, first started talking about this around February, March 2020. But of course, things got rather put on the back burner. Um, but yeah, just as William is taking on this Earthshot Prize, um, this early year's development is going to be um, Kate's baby. Um, for want of a better word. And interestingly, it's something that she wants to make sure is in everyone's consciousness. It's, it's, it's like a public issue, she, she thinks. It's a big public social issue. It's not just that parents, once their parents, need to learn what early years development looks like, but that actually, if as a society, we have a better understanding of the impact of the first five years of a child's life, we will go on to have lesser mental health issues we will not see addiction problems um and so it's really interesting that she's saying this isn't just because i'm a mum by the way everyone you don't have to be a mum to care about this we all need to care about this yeah i mean good for her it's a really really important area of life to focus on as well isn't it you know that affects everyone so she's doing a good job on that i think and you know what's quite interesting as well is not only is she coming into a sort of more queenly period of life i guess but william seems to be speaking out a bit more because i don't remember william ever really saying anything controversial or you know having an opinion that wasn't sort of pleasant about a local garden center that he visited or whatever but he's just had you know quite a bit of outspoken stuff lately for him uh, he spoke out on the super league didn't he and he spoke out about mm -hmm. not being a racist family i mean do you think this is all quite measured and planned before he speaks out i mean when harry's a bit of a hothead and tends to say things without thinking sometimes it seems william's pronouncements seem to be things that he's thought about for a while before he speaks yeah i think the, the super league one is actually a really interesting um point you raised because that had to be done quite quickly if you think about how quickly the um the outrage from the public stirred up over that that i mean the whole thing was kind of announced and then almost over sort of within 48 hours wasn't it the public was so enraged yeah. and if william had missed the boat on that and as the president of the fa had missed the boat on that that could have looked awful so he's caught between this point of needing to be measured but having to be quick um, and he will really rely on his advisors um, around him right now to to make sure that he gets the right message out as quick as possible. But I think what Harry and Meghan maybe have helped do is help personalise and make the institution, even though they're, they're obviously out of it now, there is an element that people think we, we can know about you. Um, and in some senses, nothing's political and everything's political, isn't it? So he can get involved um, a bit more. Obviously, William's doing really well and he's kind of stepping into that more kingly role, which presumably he will play one day. But I mean, there's the underlying thing of the feud with Harry or so it's been reported. You know, they don't seem to be getting on. He said they hadn't spoken. You know, they maybe exchanged a few words at Philip's funeral. What do you think's going on there? Um, it's such a shame, isn't it? When when private kind of family issues end up getting poured over and, and speculated over. And of course, we're interested. He is the future king, like you say. Like if, if we, I think we as the British public feel like we want to know um, what's going on, especially because we followed the brothers for so long. 
it it's unclear really what the the root cause is but um the distance the physical distance and the time zone difference is certainly not helping um recently tom bradby um who's who's been a close friend of both of the princes over the years um he admitted that they hadn't been talking for something like 18 months which is a really long time and of course then takes it back before um harry decided to step back so there were clearly big issues even before then. I think um, I've heard people um, talk as well about um, watching the royal household. So when uh, Harry and Meghan married um, and they were kind of the, the fab four, um, someone said, watch the royal household, watch the royal foundation. If they split households, that's kind of when we know that there is a bit of a problem. And there, you know, there are two minds about this. One is that, well, of William was not always going to be able to work with his brother because at some point he'll be the heir to the throne um, and that will really change the dynamic. And then, of course, there's the other side of, but they couldn't work together anymore. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. It, it is really sad and that's really interesting about splitting the households as well. But, you know, they were so close by all accounts. They used to go on holiday together. They go clubbing together. You know, they had a lot of fun together from what we could see. Uh, and it's such a shame that that seems to be on hold, at least for the moment. I mean, do you think they'll make up? Do you think there will come a time where they put all this behind them? Or do you think this is it now? I really hope so. Harry will be back in July, so we'll see. That yeah. would be great if they were. And that's for the um, unveiling of the Diana statue, is that right? Yeah, this is a big project that's been going on for a few years. It's been delayed um, for a little while, but it was delayed pre-pandemic. Um, so there's going to be a statue of Diana in the sunken garden at Kensington Palace. Kensington Palace was her home even after she um, split from Charles and it was somewhere that um, she she had good memories of, kind of despite everything, um, from what I understand. So And the sunken garden in particular was a favourite place for her. So he'll be there for that unveiling. Yeah, I mean, if they're ever going to make friends, that's going to be the time, right? <laughs> yeah. You'd hope. Yeah, really hope. So... There's a lot of authors in the royal family at the moment, and apparently Kate also has a book out, um, which she helped to put together. And as, as far as I know, it's photographs from the pandemic. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so this is the book of the project that she launched during the pandemic. It's called Hold Still. This is a nationwide call out for uh, photographs. Um, of people's lives during the pandemic. Um, so there are all sorts of different categories. People took pictures of their new normal, helpers and heroes. Um, they showed what life was like for them at work, on the front line, uh, or what life was like at home in the midst of, you know, homeschooling and office life and all that sort of craziness. Um, so it's a collection of 100 photos. They're beautiful. They're really moving. Um, Kate was part of the team that judged the hundreds of thousands of entries and somehow whittled it down to that hundred. But she wrote the foreword for the book. It's out now. Uh, she launched it by doing a really sweet um, little project with a, a group called the Book Angels, where she um, hid free copies uh, around different places. And in fact, when she was in Scotland recently, she took a copy to the park for one of her last engagements and put it in a lending library um, in the park in Edinburgh, which is just great. So if any one uh, happens to pick up that copy it was it was put there by the duchess herself uh, so that's available now on amazon well it's a really beautiful uh, beautiful kind of coffee table book yeah yeah that does sound good i'd like to see that it sounds really entertaining and interesting as well and moving as you say thank you i think that's all we've got time for unfortunately but before you go Tell me, we all want to know, who is your favourite royal? Do you know what? It's it's probably such a silly answer, but 
<laughs> Prince George. Prince oh. George is my favourite royal. <laughs> oh. I confess the oldest Cambridge has got to be up there as one of my favourite royals. Um, he's a funny little boy. He was obviously adorable as a toddler. Um, and I quite like seeing him be a bit grumpy or a bit uh, a bit naughty on the balcony at Trooping the Colour at Buckingham Palace, um, which we've missed over the last couple of years. Um, yeah, how about yours? Who's your yeah. favourite royal? Oh, I, I was trying to think, actually. I mean, I have to say, I know we're... We're just picking from the same family here, but I have got a lot of time for Princess Charlotte. Oh, she's Because she slightly reminds me of Princess Margaret. She's very feisty. She's, she doesn't <laughs> suffer fools. I mean, she's only six, I think, but she's, she's extremely cute. And I, I love how confident she is. You know, I just think she's going to be a real asset as she grows up to the royals. Her telling a photographer that uh, they, weren't, they weren't coming in to uh, Prince Louis' christening yeah. is a royal moment. It the, is. I think books. she'll have a few. I really do. I want to know who'll play in the crown, you know. <laughs> so that is all we've got time for, but thank you so much for coming and sharing all your insights, Rebecca. Thanks so much for having me, Flick. It's been a real pleasure and I found out loads about the royals that I didn't know, so thank you. And if you would like to read more and keep up with all the royal news, head to Yahoo Style UK. And next time I'll be talking to another of our guest editors about what's been going on for them. Don't miss it. And thanks for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 